Hello there, and welcome to the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. I'm Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and this is episode 17. So our usual disclaimer, I am not a doctor, and this podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, or to be mistaken for medical advice. So please always consult with your physician before beginning any new diet or health regimen. So with that out of the way... Today we're going to talk about um, cheat days on like a low-carb or ketogenic diet and hopping back on the bandwagon kind of after you've, you've had a cheat day or a week or whatever. So it's really easy to get derailed on a ketogenic or a low-carb diet. It's pretty restrictive when you compare it to the standard American diet of like super processed junk and it's atypical to what we normally eat, again, the standard American diet. So peer pressure is kind of rampant. For instance, like if you go out to a bar with your friends and they're all drinking beer and eating fries and you say, oh, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not eating carbs right now. You get kind of a lot of flack for it. I mean, not always, but every once in a while you'll get the whole spiel of, why are you doing that? That's dangerous. That's crazy. Or whatever it is. Either way, peer pressure is definitely a huge factor. And then since sugar is kind of like a universal celebration food, like birthdays and weddings and pretty much anything, if you're having like a good time and you're going out with people, like sugar is going to be involved. And it's hard to say no all the time, especially if you're always the guy that says no. And if you have like a group of coworkers, for instance, that are pretty pushy about you eating sugar, which I mean happens. You know, again, it goes back to peer pressure. And then finally, people love the idea of cheat days. And a cheat day, if you're not familiar, is when you say, okay, like, Monday through Saturday, I eat very strict keto. On Sunday, I go hog wild and eat whatever the hay I feel like. Okay, totally fine. Um, For some people, that really works. But I actually don't really like the idea of cheat days. And it's not so much just the concept as the term, um, I, it's, I do definitely eat things that are sugary or have a day where I don't eat the best, but I feel like when you say the language, like, or when you use the language cheat day, you're kind of giving yourself this free pass to eat whatever you want or whatever, like, you're craving or eating on impulse as opposed to eating, like, in a healthy manner. Um, so I kind of like to frame things on an individual basis. For instance, last week I was at my best friend's wedding and she had specifically ordered gluten-free cupcakes for me and her sister because um, we were in the bridal party and two thirds of the bridal party has either celiac or like gluten issues. And so of course I'm not going to say, oh, thanks so much for ordering these, but I don't really want one because I'm on this diet. It's like, it was a celebration. It was something that my friend did that was so nice for her sister and I. And of course I'm going to partake in this amazing pumpkin spice cupcake. It was super, super good. So I definitely don't regret that. And it definitely kind of derailed me a little bit. I'd been really good the whole day too and was kind of proud of myself for eating like low carb as part of like a wedding day. But it was worth it. It was my friend's wedding. So I said yes. Now, if it were just like a coworker's birthday and like the break room with the cake or something, I probably wouldn't. In fact, I definitely like from experience have just said no. 
to doing this because it's not a special occasion to me. It doesn't mean anything to me or to that coworker really if I have that piece of cake. So just not important. So yeah, situationally, I will sometimes eat something that is junky and I'll often do it for a while for like maybe more than just that one meal. It, it might actually be a whole day, but um, I try not to frame it in that cheat day aspect because otherwise I just don't eat healthy things and I only eat garbage. And yeah, it's just a mental trick. Like I'm clearly still having a cheat day. I had a cupcake. I drank like some cider. I'm going to say some. And a some cider and some champagne at this wedding. And I don't know, it was it was really fun and it was worth it, but I also still ate a salad and had salmon for dinner and tried to keep, for the most part, pretty healthy. And I think that's where the term cheat day kind of falls short for me because I feel like on a cheat day, I wouldn't bother to have the healthy, healthy stuff. I'd just say like, why am I eating this? I should just be going for like the cupcake and the ice cream and the mini pie or whatever it is. So... That is kind of a way that I like to reframe the idea of cheat days. And you don't have to. You don't have to do that. If cheat days work for you, that's great. I know people who they can stay strict keto all week because they know that they have this cheat day on Sunday. And maybe they don't even necessarily like go wild with it. They just eat a couple of things. But knowing that they have that day kind of keeps them motivated and on track. That's just not how it works for me. I tend to go the opposite and be like, okay, I'm going to save up all these cravings for Sunday. And then whether or not I actually really want the foods, I'll still eat them because I have that day. So I almost think it's better for me if I just say like, oh, like I don't have cheat days. And then as cases come up, just like that kind of becomes your cheat day or your cheat meal. Like my friend's wedding, for instance, or like my birthday in a month will probably end up do that, doing that too. And I guess the my final issue with cheat days is that I find it makes it really easy to stay in cheating mode if you spend an entire day eating junk. So when I went to my friend's wedding and I had that whole cheat night or whatever you want to call it, the next day, it made it actually it was like pretty easy to just be like, oh God, I do not want sugar today because, um, again, the cider and the champagne. But I find that if I do have like that, oh, like free for all day, I'm going to eat all this junk and like maybe I buy some crappy food or I have like mac and cheese in the pantry, it makes it that much easier the next day to just say like, oh you know, I cheated. I had a cheat day yesterday. I might as well do it again today. Like, what's the harm? So, I mean, again, it's just a mental thing. It's a mental game, but I really prefer to, to see things as like a big picture and like, oh, what is this cupcake in the grand scheme of things as opposed to like, oh, what is this cupcake in a cheat day? Because a cupcake on a cheat day doesn't mean anything. But if that's the cupcake that's like breaking keto for you or like breaking this diet, however you want to think about it, then I feel like it makes it more important almost. And it, it takes away some of the like flippance you would have around eating it. And granted, I'm more strict with it because I don't do a low carb or ketogenic diet for like weight loss reasons. It's for like physical and, and hormonal health. Um, 
again, I have like a lot of autoimmune issues that circle, circ, circ, I don't even know why I'm saying words. This, I guess, revolve, we'll say. I don't know what I was going to say there. But um, I have a lot of autoimmune issues that revolve around blood sugar regulation. And I think for me, I always just feel better when I do a low-carb diet. So if you're just doing it for weight loss, again, the idea of a cheat day is probably fine for you. But if it's for something like endometriosis or PCOS or Raynaud's or celiac or um, Hashimoto's, any of these types of issues, then you're probably going to consider things with a little more weight. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much, that's my beef with cheat days. So let's say you do have a cheat day or you fall off the bandwagon for a week or two weeks or whatever. We all do it. Again, special occasions, holidays, social pressures. I mean, I've posted a lot of holiday low-carb recipes, but you can be sure that that's not the only thing that I eat during the holidays. I just like to have those things around to kind of mitigate some of the damage. But if you do have this this lapse in, in your keto state, how do you get it back? How do you jump back on that bandwagon in light of all these things? And for me, the number one thing is tracking how I feel when I do eat sugar or a high carbohydrate diet. So if you're like me at all, you do not feel good when you're eating sugar or a high carb diet. You feel pretty terrible. And so I find it helpful to make a list of these things that I do feel at this time and keep it handy. So it could be headaches or moodiness or weight gain or like that general squishy feeling because your muscles are full of water. Um, when I eat like high sugar foods or grain-based foods, I my heart rate actually elevates. Plus it just enhance, like enhances my poor digestion. That's a really weird way to say that. But I feel like it exacerbates my digestive issues. I, it decreases my blood circulation, um, which is connected to Raynaud's. Um, and like, I just generally feel crappy. So I actually have a list of all of these symptoms that I like to keep near the fridge. And it's also actually on my phone so that if I'm like out and I'm like, oh, do I want that cupcake? I can try to remember to look at it. Um, but I find it's really helpful to keep this handy so that when I'm thinking like, oh, like, it's not that bad. I can just keep eating carbs. Like I didn't really gain weight. I can look at all these symptoms and be like, oh, that's right. But every time I have that role, my heart races. Like, okay, not a great feeling. It's a terrible feeling. So it's nice to have that kind of tangible evidence of why you should be doing low carb. And if you don't have these feelings, if sugar doesn't make you feel that bad, and maybe you're doing this for weight loss reasons, just maybe keep your goals handy and say, oh, okay, like here was my goal. I wanted to lose 25 pounds. I've lost 15 so far. That's awesome. Like I've lost 15 doing this low carb diet. I want to lose those 10. Like keep those goals handy. It's like that whole vision board idea and maybe the universe won't manifest it for you or however you want to think of that. But having that present and in your mind all the time can definitely give you some good motivation. So that's the first way I like to get back on track is just remembering my reasons for eating low carb in the first place. Pretty basic. Um, the second way is just being accountable to yourself. 
So I find that when I have like a cheat day or when I'm off the bandwagon for a week or so or, or way more, um, I tend to stop tracking what I eat. And granted, I don't track things all the time every day, but I like to keep a general idea of, about how many carbs I'm eating or how much fiber, how much sugar. Um, but when I have like these cheat moments, we'll, we'll call it a moment, um, I just stop. I don't bother to track it all. I don't think about it. I don't want to know. I just like eat at random and don't focus on it. And I think that's partially because I know intellectually that if I'm thinking like, oh my God, I just ate like 250 grams of carbs, I will freak out. Um, and also because I really, I like that sugar. <laughs> I like the taste of sugar. Like not necessarily on a level that's good for me, but just on that craving level that we all get where you're like, oh, I need more of this. And your body is trying to prevent you or some part of you is trying to prevent you from stopping that. It's like a drug addict. Oh, that's crazy. But if I start tracking again, I'm more likely to stay on track and not to just like eat carbs like crazy, basically. So I use an app. I use my fitness pal. It's for iPhone and Android. Um, maybe Windows phone? I don't know. Um, but it's also, there's a web-based application, which is what I kind of think was the most helpful because I actually started using MyFitnessPal on the web before I even had a smartphone. It's just like a great site to track calories and food. You can put recipes in um, and it lets you keep your weight loss goals and change them around to fit different macros. It's really cool. And it's it's totally free. You can buy it, but it's I just use the free one and have for years. Um, there are other ones. I know Lose It is the name of another app. But no matter what you do, just like tracking it can be super helpful. And that, again, can be a phone app or maybe you just keep a journal of what you eat in a day, like a food journal. And I actually really find the food journal helpful because you can track how when like obviously it's just a journal you write whatever you want but I like to write how I'm feeling too so if you're eating a low carb day it, I mean it helps you to like see patterns of oh okay I didn't really have a lot of minerals this day or I didn't take any vitamins and I had keto flu symptoms so maybe I should increase my vitamins and minerals or like oh it's like day seven of being in ketosis and like I feel really good and really clear-headed um, it's really nice to kind of, again, have that tangible reason for staying on this low-carb diet. Um, and also just, like, having a buddy, an accountability buddy, if you will. So if you have a friend that you feel comfortable with, or maybe it's a, a person in an online community that keeps you motivated, or maybe you follow someone on Instagram that posts all their meals uh, that are low-carb or healthy, and that keeps you motivated, like, that's great. That's if that is good for you, then keep on doing that. I actually find it really helpful to follow other ketoers and other low-carbers because you get to see not only what they're eating and kind of get ideas, but, like, you feel motivated. You're like, ah, oh, someone else is doing this with me. Like, I'm not the only person eating this way. This is great. So I really like that. So we've got accountability. We've got remembering your reasons for being on this diet. And then setting yourself up for success I think is like our next way to help and we talked about this in I think it was episode four where it was like the basics of low carb and ketogenic diets but basically it's just making sure that you've got low carb 
keto-friendly snacks around so that you're not tempted. And if you've been off the bandwagon, you might not have these available. And this actually happened to me yesterday, which is why I'm doing this podcast today, where we just got back from being away for two weeks. So our pantry is pretty sparse. And all I had left was like box macaroni and cheese that I probably bought a year ago on sale. And so I was super, super hungry and didn't want to leave. And oh, this was two days ago. (laughs) Same difference. But I didn't want to leave. And I just ended up making mac and cheese for myself. And granted, I did put like a bunch of vegetables in and I didn't eat a full serving because I put so many veggies, but still it was like 40 grams of carbs in that bad boy. And it was just like a laziness thing. I was just very hungry and unwilling to go help myself out there, I guess. And like, just make something like scrambled eggs and which is weird because, oh no, I didn't have enough eggs. I was like, why wouldn't I have just done that? But, um, it's all about setting yourself up for success. Cause if I did have eggs, I would have just made that for myself instead and it would have been the same amount if not less time and a way better option for me but I didn't so I ate junk and I felt junky after and then I was motivated to make this podcast so if you just set yourself up for success and keep all these snacks around then you won't even really have that situation where you're you're gonna have to be like oh well I shouldn't do this but it's here that's, that's basically it. Again, pretty basic. Um, finally, I just find it super, super helpful to celebrate the small successes. So you're probably going to lose some water weight when you go back on keto after a little break. And that's always super motivational, whether or not weight loss is your goal. Because when you lose that water weight, you just like look leaner, you like feel better in a little bit more like, I don't know, just like you feel more svelte and like more, more sexy and a little sexier, if you will. And then Honestly, like for me, because sugar is so inflammatory, I just feel better. Like my joints feel better when I don't eat sugar. So like you feel looser and celebrate that too. Be like, oh, you know, I just feel so much better. So it's not just about weight loss. Like maybe your pants are back to being a little bit looser again. Like whatever it is, just write it down and make a note of these changes so that you have not only like a list of reasons you don't want to eat that sugar and all those junk thing, junky things, but also you have this kind of physical representation of what happens when you do eat right and like, oh, I'm back on my weight loss goals and my headaches have gone away. Like all of these great and wonderful things. So nothing groundbreaking, but at the same time, it's one of those things that is helpful to have in the back of your head. Like these are helpful reminders for when you do go off the rails and you want to hop back on. Um, that's pretty much it for today. I really hope this helped you because again, it's all information that I should have remembered the other day and I didn't. And I just wanted to share this experience with you guys and hopefully you guys got something out of it. Sorry if I sound really weird right now, my cat is attacking my hand. Um, And I just want to say thank you for listening and commenting. You can find show notes for this episode and all episodes at healthygamergirl.com slash show notes. At healthygamergirl.com, you can also email me or find links to all of my social channels. There's recipes and other random blog posts. It's pretty fun. Um, If you want to check it out, I would super appreciate that. 
And I'd also really, really appreciate reviews on Instagram. I'm ridiculous. Reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. Those are the two places where my podcast is pretty much hosted right now. I'm also on Podbean if you'd like to leave any sort of review there. That would be awesome. And I hope you guys have a fabulous, a fun, and healthy week.